It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can both teams be disappointed in a series result? We're going to unpack why both the Reds and the Cardinals really aren't happy about the four games that they just played at Great American Ballpark on today's Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals crossover. But we want to welcome you in. Hi, I'm Jeff Carr. I'm host, co-host, one half of the Locked On Reds podcast. And alongside me is J.D. Haffron from Locked On Cardinals. Hello, everybody. Yes, uh... What an odd series. Like, I, I feels like nobody won because yeah, we didn't. It, we split, it, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's happy about it. No, and I think it's an American attitude, right? We hate ties. There's no reason to tie in anything. That's why we're having such a trouble with soccer and really embracing that sport. But I, I think overall, just the expectations for both teams and how they change throughout the series and things like that uh, are a big reason why both teams fan bases really feel that way we're going to unpack that we're going to look at a couple of guys that impressed us on both sides of the dugout and uh what happens moving forward for both of our ball clubs uh, before we get into that though i want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by rocket money manage those unwanted subscriptions that you didn't realize you had and get your spending in control by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb and where we want to start off here, J.D., is the fact that coming into the series, the Cardinals were the hottest team in baseball. And coming into the series, the Reds had just got swept by the Yankees. So really, I was looking at this from a Reds perspective and saying, let's just split. Let's see if we can work a split out of the series. And they did that, and yet somehow I'm still not quite there, but the Cardinals' disappointment is pretty evident. Yeah, because uh, you were coming off of winning three or four over the Dodgers. So the, the yeah. Cardinals were really feeling good about themselves. Like, you know, they had beaten some teams that were, they're all right. You know, Boston's all right. You know, they're not great. They're not first place teams. But the Dodgers at the time were leading the entire National League. They had the best record. And uh, to take three or four, that really gave the team a, a lot of momentum. Now, Here's the thing. They are in the midst. They're on the back end now of playing 19 games in 19 days. It is a grueling, grueling portion of their schedule right now. And when you look at this Cardinals ball club, they're, they're not a, a bunch of young kids out there. You know, these guys are most of them 30 and older. You've got, a, you know, Wainwright is in his 40s, but uh, he's not playing every day. But when you talk about your stars, uh, guys like Paul Goldschmidt, 35 and older, you know, uh, Nolan Arenado is now 32. Uh, Wilson Contreras is 31. These guys wear down after a while and you need rest. And uh, I always find it funny when fans chime in like, I can't believe they're sitting today. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they're not robots, man. They're human right. beings. <laughs> right. They, they play a sport for a living. They're, they're out there. I mean, they're, they're not out there playing at 50%. They're playing at 110% every yeah. single day. And that's really where I think the disappointment crept in for me because yeah, if you just told me beforehand, the reds were going to split this series. I'd been like, cool. It's a good series then. But the way that they were able to win on Wednesday night, I'm like, boy, this is something you could carry over into a day game less than whatever it was, 12 hours, eh, a little bit over 12 hours uh, from the ending point of Wednesday night's win. And maybe you can get that third out of four games for the win. And the Reds just weren't able to do anything with runners on base. And it, it was it was part of the fatigue factors where I really wanted the Reds to take advantage of that because 
um, I, I kept thinking, and as much as it stank to Saul, uh, Graham Ashcraft struggle as much as he did, I was thinking in the back of my mind, well, Goldschmidt hit a lot in that game. Maybe we're tiring him out. Maybe this is like a you know a heavyweight <laughs> fight when you're just like taking punches and you're like, all right, you you're won that round. Him, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're coming back. So I, I don't know. Like, I think overall we, we saw where the Reds can absolutely get better by doing what we all think that they should do here very soon, and that's call up their top guys in CES and Ellie De La Cruz. But they they – took a step forward in the pitching department, Graham Ashcraft notwithstanding. So I was happy to see all of that. It was just that fourth game, not taking advantage of the fatigue factor. And and really, that's where my first shout-out comes, and we're going to dive more into this. But Miles Michaelis was just amazing on Thursday. Yeah, he looked really, really good. Uh, Luke Weaver looked very, very good for the Reds. You know, they were both filling up the strike zone, and uh, – for some reason, neither team was uh, ready to hit that day. It, it was a little bit bizarre, but uh, I, I wanted to get back to the, where um, the energy that it takes, like when you, you know how it is yeah. when you come off a, a big win and a big high of beating the Dodgers, and then you got to get in the, into the, into the car, you got to go to the airport and then you go to Cincinnati, which is a place that, you know, you, you heard the Adam Wainwright talking about it, the devil's lair, as they like to call it, because <laughs> They just really don't play all that great in Cincinnati. Uh, they just have it. Um, I've seen a lot of games in that ballpark with the Cardinals, and I would, I would think lately it seems like the Reds win more than they lose against St. Louis at Great American Ballpark. It's a different story when you get to St. Louis, where the Cardinals have kind of dominated the Reds over the years. But at GABP, man, it's a, it's a different story. The weird things happen, and um, you know they, the the Reds were able to win that first one in extra innings. And, um, you know, that takes a little steam out of your step mm. going into the next day. The Cardinals are able to, to pull off the win. But game three, um, Stephen Matz just gets shelled. You know, the, the, the Reds do exactly what most teams do against Stephen Matz, and that's obliterate him and just hit him all over the yard. Uh, so much that, uh, you know, our right fielder is over there tossing balls into the first <laughs> row for you. You know, like, hey, can, can we get this guy out of here already? Mar Mercado's like, I've seen enough. Get it out of here. Helps McLean out on that one. And uh, you just knew after that play that that was just not going to be their night. And then when you saw the lineup on Thursday and you're like, oh, boy. And Cardinal fans were not happy. They're like, oh, we're just giving up. We're just going to give them the series. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> they end up pulling out a win in that one. That What's the phrase? That's just baseball. That's just, just baseball. baseball. So, yeah, frustrating, I would think, uh, for the for the Reds fans on Thursday. Cardinals fans kind of like going, Phew. Got away yeah. with one on Thursday. <laughs> we want to talk about dropping three out of four in Cincinnati. That that one night. Can you confirm or deny if they've like banned Cincinnati chili? Maybe that's the thing. Like they come to Cincinnati and they eat some chili and they're like, boy, oh boy, we just don't do this very often. Now we can't <laughs> yeah. play right. I don't know what it is, man. Like uh, our own, like you'll see their numbers and like, uh, you know, Goldschmidt's hit well there, but mm -hmm. I I've never seen Nolan Arenado do that well there since he's been in a Cardinal uniform. I don't know what his numbers were when he was with Colorado, but I don't know. I just don't see these guys. They don't just, they, they just don't play that well there. It, it's, <laughs> it's a strange thing, especially in a ballpark that is a hitter friendly ballpark. You know, exactly. New York didn't seem to have too much trouble hitting against the Reds in the previous weekend. And uh, the Cardinals come in and they just, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. And like, you're frustrated that you went two and two where Cardinals are kind of like, all right, I can't believe we got away with getting two out of four there. That, 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 that feels good. I'm glad we escaped with at least two wins getting out of there. Yeah. I, 
I was very intrigued by just how all that went down and the way that Steven Matz, and it's funny you mentioned the, the Steven Matz start because I, I was saying, yeah, he's really struggled here recently and ever since he signed with the Cardinals, and I said this pregame, and I'm like, great, now he's going to throw like a no-hitter or something against us. But um, there, there was a, a, a commenter that I wanted to shout out that was in the comment section the other day, and it's just like, shout out to the Reds for kicking Steven Matt's butt. I love the Cardinals, but I hate that guy, and I'm so glad that he got beat to death. And I'm like, and Mother Goose, I think, was the commenter. Oh, name, okay, so. yeah, much familiar with that one. M-U-T-H-E-R is yes, how you yes. uh, <laughs> like to spell it. Yeah, uh, definitely chimes in a lot. Yeah, fans are not happy with uh, Stephen Matz. They hated the signing at the time, and uh, so far, he hasn't been very good. Uh, the only way that he has been good was after he hurt his knee in Cincinnati last year. He was pitching very well in that game. Hurts mm-hmm. his knee, has to go into a relief role, and actually was pretty good out of the bullpen last year when he was coming back from that injury. Um, I just released an episode yesterday on Lockdown Cardinals talking about maybe it's time to just take him out of the rotation, see what he can do out of the bullpen. Uh, He's making $11 million. It's kind of expensive for a relief pitcher, but if he's killing you as a starter, like what's the point in having him in there every fifth day to just lose? You know, he's over six this year. His ERA is over five. They're two and eight in games that he's pitched in as a starter what are we doing here? Like it's time. And I think they're going to do that with uh, Matthew Libertor, who uh, pitched very well in his first start since being brought up from Memphis. He'll actually start tonight on Friday night in Cleveland. And uh, I think if he pitches well again, and after they get through this stretch where it's 19 games in 19 days, uh, they've got, I believe six more before it's all wrapped up, maybe five. Um, if he pitches well, I don't know how you send him back down and put Steven Matz out there and say, we're trying to win just doesn't, makes sense doesn't add up my gosh you could uh you could replace steven Matz with mike minor and you would have been talking about the same person i'm sorry I'm not <laughs> on this team anymore uh but i tell you what we're talking about some struggling performances there were some guys that impressed us and i mentioned miles michaelis but there was somebody else who really stuck out to me on the Cardinals side of things we're going to talk about that and who impressed on the red side as well we're talking about that here in just a moment before we do that though i want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's crossover podcast, and that is Bird Dogs, the most comfortable pair of shorts you will ever wear. And I stopped short of saying that's a guarantee, JD, but I'm telling you what, man, I have never put on a pair of shorts that are more comfortable than Bird Dogs. Now, question, uh, do you have the liner inside yours, or did you go liner free? You do. I do. I was, I was nervous the first time I put them on. I was like, oh, boy. I actually had boxers on underneath and was like, okay, here we go. And I'm like... I'm doing something wrong here. And then, <laughs> and then when I did it without the boxers, I was like, I get it now. Okay. Yes. And yeah, you, you couldn't be more right, dude. They're fantastic. Wore them to the game yesterday. And uh, my favorite thing about them was because they're light. And so you don't get all sweaty sitting there. I mean, I was out in the sun, exactly. third base side for three hours yesterday and never felt uncomfortable or was hot or anything like that. Beautiful day at the ballpark, and it didn't hurt to have my bird dogs on. And the great thing is, if you go from the ballpark to Jeff Ruby's with your bird dogs on, you don't feel like you're like getting away with just being super underdressed because they look nice, too. You can wear your bird dogs in any situation. And kind of like one of the reasons I got the liner is I was told you can get in a pool, get out of the pool, and go out to eat, and nobody's going to look at you any differently. I've got a pair of shorts that aren't swim trunks that my wife always thinks are swim trunks. So. It's always a struggle to find the right kind of comfort and the right kind of look, and Bird Dogs gives that to you. 
Absolutely. And think about it. You're talking about pools this weekend. That's when all the pools are opening up, all the public ones. Mine just opened up today. I'm definitely going to be jumping in with my bird dogs at some point this summer. I know oh, it's going to yeah. Get, get you some bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, and you can use the promo code locked on MLB to get a free Yeti style tumbler that's made by it's got the bird dogs logo on it. Very nice. Uh, take it to the pool, take it yeah. to the pool with you. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, you can put your favorite drink inside. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and the promo code locked on MLB. Also, you can catch every pitch of the Reds or the Cardinals hometown broadcast as the Cardinals head north to Cleveland and the Reds head north to Chicago uh, on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds or Cardinals. Also got a shout out the other day uh, said that somebody heard the Lockdown Reds ad on the Sirius XM broadcast of the Reds game. So I know people are hearing JD's voice on Cardinals broadcasts too. Yeah, uh, it was kind of nice over uh, this past week uh, at GABP. I had a, you know, because the Cardinals travel well, especially to Cincinnati because they got a lot of fans in Ohio and in Indiana and Kentucky, oh, yeah. and they all made the trek and a lot of people stopping up and saying hi. And I'm just like, how do you know it's me? And I'm like, right. oh, yeah, we got all the YouTube stuff too. I'm like, yeah. So uh, I, I appreciate all of the guys and gals who uh, were able to stop by and say hi, man. You guys are great. And if you are an everydayer, let us know down in the comments section because we appreciate our everydayers. And uh, as we've got things going on this weekend, we are going to be all over our team series because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And, you know, J.D., every day when I was watching this series, all four games, one dude stuck out to me. And I'll talk about Miles Michaelis in a minute on Thursday because that dude stuck out to me like crazy. But Nolan Gorman is just absolutely going off. And I know that he's on a career high hitting streak. He's, he's hitting the ball super well. And for the most part, the reds were able to limit the damage that he could do to him, but they couldn't keep him off the base, the base paths. Easy for me to say. Uh, but the talent has really started to show through for him. He's a guy that they've really wanted to get going. Yeah, uh, they've, he's now the guy in between Goldie and Arenado on most nights when they have mm. their full lineup there. Uh, that that He's earned that spot. Um, he, he's taken a different approach uh, to hitting this year. He's not chasing the high pitch, which he was swinging and missing at all year last year when he was up with the Cardinals before he finally got demoted. And uh, a lot of backlash were like, oh, nope, he's never going to be good. And people wanted to kick him to the curb. They wanted to trade him for Sean Murphy. They, you know, they, they wanted to move on from him. And uh, they don't understand that it takes a little patience. Like, these are the best pitchers in the world that they're right. going up against. You know, it takes a little time for them to get adjusted. Not everybody is going to be Mike Trout and come up to the pros and just start clubbing and even Mike Trout struggled a little bit. So, you know, have a, show a little bit of patience and uh, he worked hard this off season. You could tell he's got the tools physically. He's a, he's a very strong young man and uh, he's learning to play a new position last year, trying to learn how to play second base. He was a third baseman the whole time, but there's some guy named Arenado over there. So he's not <laughs> yeah, going he's anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. So he had to learn second base. He got pulled up to the, to the major league level and you're going to get, upset with him because he struggles a little bit and he was still on pace to hit like 30 home runs last year. It's just the strikeouts were a big problem. And this year he's limited the amount of strikeouts he's walked more and he's becoming deadly with uh, like clutch situations. Like he has been coming through a lot. And that was one thing that, that shocked me a little bit during Thursday's game that they actually pitched to him after uh Newt bar got that two out single in the eighth and then went to second on the wild pitch 
So you had first base open, and the Reds said, we'll take our chances, and he burned them. And I, I was shocked that that happened, and I thank you. David Bell for letting that happen. <laughs> he does a lot of those things. David Bell does. I, the, the, and, and, and I get it. There's something about trying to get a relief pitcher that one inning on the stat sheet and stuff, but he leaves guys in, you know, in between innings, like, okay, bring him in pitches a third or two thirds. And then, okay, let's run him back out there. And I just, I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of struggles with that and lucas sims kind of showed that even i mean he had an amazing end to that seventh inning the way he was able to get that strikeout and then you bring him back out there and it's almost as if it's the sequel that nobody wanted and he does that so much with different relief pitchers but um nolan gorman was definitely a dude that stuck out to me not for the clutchness his just reliability in the batter's box for the cardinals as a whole yeah, he's been strong. On our side of things, uh, I had my family with him, so they always had questions like, all right, who's good on the Reds? Who Because they're like, everybody knows Votto, but he's out. So he's right. like, she's like, who who should I be aware of? Uh, the one person, I'm going to speak for my mom here. Uh, who's that number six guy? He is annoying. And talking about <laughs> Jonathan India. Um, and I was like, yeah, he's really good, and he's going to continue to be really, really good. Uh, that's an easy layup answer for you, but I just wanted to, you to know that my 70-year-old mother even pointed out that Jonathan India is annoying if you're the opposition. So, uh, Who was it? Uh, was it Joey Votto's mom? That's his, That's her favorite player is Jonathan India. <laughs> is Jonathan India. <laughs> yeah. I can see why. He's got cool hair. He gets clutch hits. He's always on base, it seemed like. It looks like the guy, honestly, watching that series, I, I feel like Jonathan India had nine at-bats every game. He was always <laughs> yeah. up. He's always up. And he, and he was up through, with guys so. on, too. That was the great thing. Yeah, like, he was a pest. Uh, shout out to Matt McClain, yep. who uh, impressed. Uh, yeah, I get, he needed a little help from Mercado on that home run. But he he had a lot of great at-bats. And he's like, and I, I compare him to um, Tyler O'Neill for the Cardinals. Uh, not what they're doing production-wise, but just the physical attributes that Matt McClain has where yeah. he's a little bit shorter than O'Neill, but powerful-looking, fast. He's just got that same kind of build. And he reminds me a lot of Tyler O'Neill. And, uh, you know, O'Neill's had some moments. And he had the one year where he had got MVP votes. So, um, I'm excited for the future for Matt McClain for you guys, but the guy who stood out to me, Ben Lively, Ben yeah. Lively, what had a great game against the Yankees coming into the series. And I pointed that out and I was like, but in his 31 years old, this guy hasn't had a lot of success anywhere. This is his second stint with the Reds and he comes out and is dominant. Yeah. Dominant. I, I, need, I need somebody somebody needs to keep track of this because this is now the third show in a row that Ben Lively's name has come up on lockdown reds. Impressive. And if you told me that we'd have talked about him three times all year, I'd have been mm -hmm. like, ah, no way. We ain't talking about that guy. <laughs> like he came over, he, he was a non-roster invitee before spring training. He was a prospect in the reds organization. Once upon a time, he was traded from Marlon bird. I heard everybody remembers him. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he goes overseas for a couple of years, figures out the whole pitching thing comes back. And he just looks like a dude who could be, you know, maybe an emergency starter on a good team, a, a long relief type dude who you could uh, throw out there for multiple innings if you have a starter struggle. I don't want to get too ahead of myself and say, yeah, he's a legitimate shot to me in this rotation as we move forward. But he is giving the Reds some much needed starts. When you talk about Graham Ashcraft struggling, Nicoladolo's on the I.L., 
And they started the season with really only three or four starters anyway. If you want to count Luke Weaver as a starter, the Royals didn't last year. Uh, but it, I, I think that overall, like his last two performances have been so inspiring and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future. And you, you mentioned Matt McClain and I, th I thought it was funny. I'm like, man, I'm just glad that he got his first home run off of Adam Wainwright the day before that, because <laughs> if his first career home run was going to be an alley-oop from Oscar Mercado, like <laughs> I was like, man, that'd be something you go back and you remember and you're like, cause I think that he is going to be a pretty solid player for the, for years to come for the Reds, but for him to look back and be like, yeah, my first home run was, you know, a, an oopty doop in right field <laughs> that would be absolutely just hilarious to me especially because... a guy that was clobbering the ball at triple a and it, yeah. it has legit power this is not some guy who has warning track power i mean he nope. puts the ball over the wall and he does it pretty far so um yeah it was just one of those nights and i was like yeah eh, yeah you're right Wayne Rag hitting it off him. That, that's, that sounds better. That's that's better. A future exactly. Cardinals hall of famer, possibly a real hall of famer at some point. I, I could, I could definitely see that argument. And, and for me, and the other guy that really stuck out to me was, was Michaelis because looking at that lineup on Thursday, I'm like, boy, the Reds should win this game. And that's all if they can score and they had their opportunities, but whenever they had their opportunities, it's like Michaelis dialed it up a notch and was just able to throw the exact right pitches, getting just weak pop-ups, weak ground balls that had no chance of doing any damage whatsoever. Like I, I remember specifically the play where it was runners on first and third with, I think it was one out and Friedel is going on the, on the pitch and the ground ball is literally hit right to the third baseman, the absolute perfect spot for the Cardinals to go. And, um, and he was able to throw him at it home very easily, but it was one of those things that I looked at that play again. And I'm like, even if TJ Friedel wasn't going on contact, he would have had to commit to getting back to third base because the ball was fielded so close to third base that he literally could have just reached over and tagged him had Friedel, um, hesitated at all. So I, yeah. I thought that, you know, there were so many different cases where I'm like, I'm looking for Cardinals devil magic. I'm making sure that we're not getting any of that crap here at great American ballpark. And we weren't, it was just miles. Michael is pitching really well. Yeah. And he's been really well. Uh, his first three uh, games this year and appearances, like just horrible. Like where he gave mm -hmm. up five, five runs in the first two, six in the third game earned runs, wasn't going deep and was giving up a lot of hits and he still leads the league and hits given up. That's how bad it was early <laughs> on. Like they, and it was a lot. It wasn't always, it wasn't like they were just hitting missiles off of him left and right. It was just, everything fell. Like it was just, it was rough to watch. And you could see the frustration on where he's like, dude, I made a perfect pitch and things are still blooping over the first baseman and stuff like that. And he's finally figured it out and gotten back to what, what we expected him to be uh, when the Cardinals gave him that extension uh, in spring training. But uh, yeah, he was impressive. Uh, I know the play you're talking about where it was, uh, I believe actually it was first and third and nobody out. And, yeah, it might have been no. I remember yeah. it was early on in the inning. There was a great opportunity there, and yeah. it was just, and gone. it was snuffed out quickly. Yeah, Donovan uh, and Nails Frito at home, like by a lot. Oh, <laughs> like, gosh, it really yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a close play, and it's one of those plays too where I'll never understand because they'll tell you that's the right play by Frito. Uh, mm -hmm. Fans will say, "What is he doing? Why is he going?" 
there are plays where if you're on third, they expect you to go on contact if it's on the ground. And that was one of those situations. I've never agreed with it. (laughs) I don't know why that is the rule, but Friedel didn't actually do anything wrong there. And And that's uh, why they always bring the infielders in because they know if there's that guy on third, he's going home period mm -hmm. on contact. If, especially if he's fast enough, like Friedel, but I mean, it was, it was a perfect, you know, easy fundamental field throw to home. Uh, Kinsler had the plate uh, blocked easily. And it was one of those, like I looked at him, like, could he have like maybe slid around in games, but no, like Kinsler was right there. So there's no chance, but yeah, I, I, I think that overall this series, definitely had its good moments um and 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 kind of looking back on it i i think we see the path forward for both of our teams it's very obvious for the reds what they need to do obviously um uh, it's going to be calling up a couple of guys but when it comes to the cardinals what is the step forward we're going to talk about both what those plans look like coming up here in just a minute before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about the best way to manage your money. Because, J.D., I don't know if you if uh, you have this problem at all. I think most of us do. Where you start off a free trial of, like, a streaming service or something like that. And they say, oh, we'll let you know when you can, uh, you can cancel it so you don't have to pay us anything. You get your free week. And then you just totally forget about it. Because me and, and my wife have been doing this thing where we watch the Fast and Furious uh, series. And they're not all on the same streaming service, which I hate. So you have to go to different ones. And some of them you don't subscribe to because why would you subscribe to Fubo TV? But you go there and you watch it on the free trial and then you forget about it and you pay for it. There's something that can help you out with that. Mm That would be rocking money. I'm telling you. I, I, I So stars. I just found out this is not a joke. This is not me just making things up stars last night flipping around on my amazon prime and it says you have a star subscription so you can watch all of this stuff for free and i'm like what when did i (laughs) do that and i'm guessing that it's probably like 10 bucks a month think about that 120 dollars a year what else could i be doing with that money spending it on maybe going to the ballpark getting a couple extra beers while i'm there a couple extra hot dogs like there's other things i'd rather be doing with my money than spending it on stars that I didn't even know I had. So Rocket Money <laughs> is something where you just hit that cancel button and phew, they take care of it for free. It's very simple. And that's what you love about it because it's so easy. You literally tell them, yeah, cancel this, don't want it anymore. They take care of the rest. You don't have to go find it and all of the different websites and things like that that you have to dig through to cancel things. Some places make it just impossible to cancel. Rocket Money makes it easy. Plus, they'll help you out with some budgeting tools and great things like that to help curb your spending. So check them out today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. They save people on average $720 a year. You talked about $120 just for the one subscription. Think about it. You might have multiple things that you don't even know about because we're just a society that has free trials that kind of gets you whenever you don't pay attention to them. Rocket Money is going to help you get back the money that you didn't know you were even spending in the first place. So check it out, rocketmoney.com slash MLB. And don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for the Reds and Cardinals on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds or Cardinals. All right, uh, JD, moving forward, I, I think it's clear. The Reds need to call up Ellie De La Cruz and they need to call up CES. And quite frankly, I've not heard any reasons as to why they shouldn't that I agree with. Like, I, I think that it's kind of elementary and we can talk about what the roster is going to look like whenever they do that. But when it comes to the Cardinals, 
I picked this team as much as it pains me to say to win this division this year because I see the talent and they still have that talent. It's just, it all hasn't clicked or something. What do they need to do to get back on track? Well, honestly, they've, they've kind of righted the ship that the, they needed to slow down for a second and get back to basics. Cause the upsetting part for it, for Cardinals fans is we're used to watching a particular brand of baseball and it's usually good defense, good pitching, good hitting like nobody is ever like superstar like where like the offense is crazy good and then you have a drop off where pitching's terrible and then defense is eh, like there's usually just that consistency right Right. where they're just kind of good at everything they're not great at everything they're just kind of good at everything and in the first month of april and then uh the first couple of weeks there in may they were bad at everything they (laughs) they couldn't hit they had terrible base running terrible defense terrible starting pitching and when anything did go right something would falter like if the starting pitching if you had a good night the bullpen would implode there was just something always every night that was off and it was the the simple things that they were doing wrong where they're you know dropping fly balls out of nowhere like good players like Lars Newbar good defensive players like we're not talking about Juan Yepes and left who and Alec Burleson who looked terrible in the outfield. They know they're terrible in the outfield, but they wanted to get their bats in the lineup. Right. But that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about your stars. Like Tommy Edmonds won a gold glove and he is booting the ball at second base. That was costing games in, in April. Like it just didn't matter. Everybody was off. It was bizarre. Don't have an answer for it, <laughs> but they had to get back to basics and start doing the little things right. And when you eliminate those mistakes, you're not you're not getting blown out anymore in games. Now the games are close and you're within striking distance so that you could get a clutch hit if uh, if the offense woke up finally. And the starting pitching was starting to turn around. Uh, Steven Matz being the one outlier who just has not been able to figure it out. Like it's just been it's been weird that he has not been able to get one win, <laughs> not right. one. Even in games he does pitch well. He's had a couple of them, and he still doesn't get the win. Um, Moving forward, there's nothing down at AAA that they're going to bring up that is going to change what's going on with this team. These are the guys. This is your team. Jordan Walker is not going to magically show up and just be a superstar for you in the outfield. He's not They're They've sent him back down to work on launch angles, to, to do some things with his swing, to become a more powerful threat. Uh, they didn't like that. He was, he was hitting the ball, but he was hitting it on the ground a lot. Mm. And so, and I sit there and I go, okay, so this guy is already one of the elite hitters in minor league baseball. He's one of the top prospects. And now you want to tinker with a swing? Like, Whoa, <laughs> what are we doing here? Are we doing too much? But I get what they're trying to do. And they're not, they don't having him up at the major league level and trying to learn this stuff is silly. You know, that, that yeah. he needs to be the problem that the mistake they made was that they brought him up in the first place on opening day. They should have just let him be at Memphis and let him work on these things. And, well, uh, well and, and honestly, that call up was one of the things that I looked at and I was like, okay, the Cardinals are competing for something and they're calling up their top, top prospects. The Reds aren't. And they're also not calling up their top prospects to begin the year. It's so, so weird to me. And and now that McLean's up here and we're, and we're looking at, you know, Ellie De La Cruz and CES are very close. That's where I kind of look at the differences here is kind of like you said, like the Cardinals roster is set. The Cardinals have the talent that they know they have, and they're ready to compete with that talent. The Reds are still trying to figure that out. They're still trying to figure out the core of their team. 
And quite frankly, as far as the guys who are already up here, we got to figure out what Tyler Stevenson is. And it's a dive, a deep dive that I want to make a little bit more next week on the pod for uh, Lockdown Reds everydayers. But you mentioned hitting the ball on the ground too much for Jordan Walker. It feels like Tyler Stevenson's doing that. And I looked at his statistics. I think he still has a slightly uh, more fly ball to ground ball ratio, but it's like 55 to 45%. And I just, I, I don't know, like the, the exit velocity is not there. The power's not there, but it all seems very similar to the way it was last year. And he had much better stats last year. So what is going on with Tyler Stevenson? And that's the biggest question there. Also outside of the big call-ups, how do Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft take that next step? We thought Graham Ashcraft was doing that at the beginning of the year because he had some amazing performances, but four of his last five starts have been awful. And you kind of wonder if uh, he's got this mental block that he's trying to get past. And once he figures that out, is he going to take that next step? Hunter Green, the same way. There seems to be this one thing about his game where he's trying to nibble too much or whatever it is to take that next step. He's got to do it. And of course, Nick Lodolo, he just has to get healthy. He's going to be out mm-hmm. probably for another month or so. Uh, and, and the Reds are going to have to scramble to fill the rotation until then. And then what do young guys like Brian Williamson have in the tank? Andrew Abbott should be up here at some point this season because he's looked phenomenal in triple a and then Levi stout, like poor guy gets caught up on a whim twice to pitch on like 24 hours or less than 24 hours notice. And then they send him right down afterward. It's just like this dude's making his major league debut. Let's like, give him a minute to think about it here. So <laughs> I, I think that you still have plenty of talent to figure out what they've got at the major league level. And as much as I love what they're doing in the wins loss column compared to last year, they're still not trying to compete for this division as much as it might look accessible. And that's kind of where I come back to the Cardinals in that they just need one more stretch. Like the, the 11 and three stretch that they just went on their last 14 games coming into Cincinnati. They do that again. They're probably on first place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a big hole that they're digging themselves out of, and it's going to take probably to July to play as good as you're saying. And that's something that I pointed out is like, not only do you have to play like elite level baseball where you're like, your winning percentage is like 700, yeah. but the other people have to all lose. Cause that's how big your hole is. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if Milwaukee keeps winning, if Pittsburgh had kept winning, like it's going to take forever to and crawl there's out less of divisional this. games to do it with. Yeah, exactly. And to, to catch them. And um, it, it's, it's not as easy as you mentioned with the, with the less amount of games against your division opponents. Um, so it's going to take some time and that's what you see now is like, you see how well the Cardinals, like they're 11 out of 14 and they're one game out of last still, you know, (laughs) they just finally weren't in last place in the national league, like a week ago, like it just finally got there. It's going to take some time. They got to stay healthy. Um, and they got to figure out the Steven Matz thing because it's just, you can't keep doing that. We can't keep going around in circles here with this guy, no matter what you're paying him. Eventually winning has to take precedent over your mistakes of spending in your free agency and giving him that amount of money. I mean, if he can be productive as a reliever, good, at least be productive because he's killing you in the starting rotation. Right. You and they got to get, and they got to get healthy. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill. So you don't have to see Alec Burleson and Juan Yepes playing outfield much anymore. <laughs> 
Oof. That one that one base running gaffe that Juan Yepes had the other day, I was just like, this is another thing. Like the Reds should yeah. win this game if he's giving yeah. them this this out. Like where was he going? There was a guy on second. I don't know <laughs> what was he doing? Taking double secondary leads? Like, what are you doing? Why? I know just... Tommy and the Cowboy described it as and uh Juan Yepes is napping on the base paths, and look at <laughs> yeah. that. We've got our third out of the inning. <laughs> yeah, like I it's it's dumb stuff. That was the stuff they were doing in April, but all of them were doing that stuff. It wasn't just somebody like Juan, it was it was all of them. All right. of them were making silly mistakes like that, and that's how you lose games. And as both of our teams move forward, you can follow us every single day on Locked On Cardinals or on Locked On Reds to see just how our teams continue to develop. But for JD and myself, this has been another crossover Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we look forward to seeing all of our everydayers coming up next week as uh, we roll into Memorial Day and past I mean we're we're at the first checkpoint JD it's it's that time when you really start to actually start evaluating players and teams and things like that so I know we've got a lot to talk about coming up yes we do uh, it's a long season but we're hitting that spot in the year where like you know the the contenders start to rise cream starts to rise and the ones who are make believe start to come down so uh, it's going to stay interesting uh, that I can guarantee Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.